Welcome to the Big Rap Cookbook Podcast with myself, Buda French, and Samuel Fatty Hemingway. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this week, we have got a very, very special guest, uh, a legend in hip-hop, and I know that that term gets thrown around very loosely, uh, but I think you'd, you'd struggle to find someone that it fits better than this man here. Of course, the person I'm speaking about is Master Race. We were very lucky to get a recipe from Ace for our first cookbook, so it's great to catch up with him again and revisit some of the things that we uh, we spoke about when we linked up with him in New York back in 2018. I don't want to say too much about the episode on this intro because I think it's one that you just have to press play and listen to. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one, but please let us know your thoughts as normal on all the normal social media platforms at Big Rap Cookbook. Thank you to everyone who's been listening so far and who's been sharing the podcast, telling your friends about it. Uh, it really helps us a lot, so I appreciate that. Keep doing that, and if you're not doing it, then you know sort your life out and, and press that share button. But without further ado, let me hand it over to Master Race. Yeah, let's kick it off. Yeah, so thanks so much for coming on, Ace. Great to see you again, man. No um, we'll start off with... Um, what we've asked everyone really during this time is um, how they've been coping during lockdown in terms of sort of cooking and eating. Wondering whether you've been experimenting much in the kitchen during this time. I feel like I've been experimenting a lot. Um, I've kind of created a few new things that I've just tried. Um, definitely been overall just been making some more cool meals. I feel like I've stumbled on a few cool new meals um vegan meals that 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 um that i've that i've liked um recipes or or just just stuff you know like you're in the house and you're like this sounds like it might work let me try this like one day i made this uh this this avocado um spread or 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 dip or whatever you want to call it um i just cut up an avocado threw in the threw it in the um the chopper or whatever the food processor and I put some some avocado oil, a little uh, vegan uh, sour cream, and a, a clove of garlic. Just a few bunch of things in there. Whipped it up, and I used that thing for like the next week, putting it on different stuff on on sandwiches, on just dipping crackers in it. Like everything, it was just like this is this is great. So yeah, it's been a lot of that um, over the course of. Nice. The lockdown. Uh, my wife's been coming up with stuff. She's been baking like crazy. Like these, <laughs> she's been finding these vegan cake recipes. I'm like, easy on the cake, man. I'm trying to trying to hold on to my weight here. But she's made like some some really dope uh, breads. Um, you know that are, that have been just amazing. And I'm like, man, this people that think that you know vegan food is disgusting, they need to really take another look because this food is. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So last time, last time we spoke to you, I think um, you were trying to make the full switch to the the vegan plant based uh, diet. So is that you now, fully vegan? Yeah, I went. I I eliminated fish from my diet in December. Um, it was it was I was just going through the steps when 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 we met. I was still. I think I was just eating fish at that point. When, yeah, when I think you had, said it was like twice a week or something like that. You said you were yeah. sort of roughly. Yeah, so I knew where I knew what the destination was, and so 
I a lot of times I use I use my birthday as sort of like okay this that's the that's gonna be the next benchmark. So this past birthday I, I eliminated fish uh, from my diet permanently, and so now I'm fully plant based, mm-hmm. uh, no eggs, no dairy, um, and eating well as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Like meaning that the food tastes good. And I don't mean like I'm eating my head off. I'm just <laughs> the food is good. Sick. Do you have like a, a final, like a final massive cook off on your birthday of like, so for obviously you got rid of fish this year. Did you have like one last, one last blast of fish on your birthday meal or is it just, you don't even need that? Yeah, that was the plan. Um, it wasn't actually on my birthday. It was like a day or two before um, my wife made uh she made red snapper. She makes a really good red snapper. But the interesting thing is, I didn't really enjoy it. Like, I feel like I was already, my, my body was already at that point where it, it wasn't craving. I wasn't craving mm-hmm. it. Like, I, I didn't need it to be part of my meal. Um, and I had, I had it with my meal, but I left a lot of fish because I just wasn't into it. Like, I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what that is. Um, um, and, and I've been, you know, my wife still eats uh, fish, chicken. My daughter eats chicken. And fish as well, um, and sometimes I'm I'm on the grill and I'm making it for them. But you know, some of these some of these meats and stuff, like when I smell them before they're cooked, like I actually start to get a little queasy, like a little nauseous from the smell. And I, I had that reaction with that red snapper a little bit too. Like, man, this is weird. Like now that I'm not eating it anymore, like I feel a little nauseous just smelling it and. I don't know what that is, but that's just my, that's been my experience. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause we've, we've, a few people have mentioned that when I think food, although obviously the obvious sense it appeals to is obviously this, the, 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 ta- the taste sense, but it's also works a lot of the other senses. So, you know, smells, textures, but also like memory senses and how you were associated with certain situations and stuff like that so if you've kind of like mentally moved on from that maybe that's kind of a, a body's reaction to that obviously when the when the smell or the taste of the the fish comes up it's quite interesting to hear that you're kind of done with it before before you've yeah. actually done with it do you know what I mean yeah so is your um is your wife still the top chef in the in the house yeah i remember you singing her praises when we last met up yeah she's still head chef um i uh I have certain areas that I'm kind of in charge of, um, the grill, um, some, I'll, I'll do the, the dressings, uh, the, the sauces I'm, maybe I'm a saucier. I don't know. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, she makes the bulk of most of the meals. Um, usually, usually we're making the meal at the same time because she's, she's making a traditional meal for her and my daughter. And I look at what she's making and then I have to usually make some add on things to, to boost up the meal for me because I'm not going to have the, the chicken or the, you know, whatever yeah. piece of uh, flesh that they're having. I'm not going to have that. So I usually will be in there cooking at the same time. So it's kind of like trying to make something additional to go with yeah. what I'm going to have. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. That's cool. As long as it works for everyone, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the people that don't know, Ace, uh, could you tell us a bit about your the struggles with health that you've had and how that led to your change in diet in the first place? Yeah, so 20, 20, year, 20 years ago now, uh, the year was 2000, um, I was diagnosed with MS. 
shout out to the MS Society in the UK who very supportive of me came out to one of my shows at the Jazz Cafe and um, I got to meet a bunch of the um, members. Um, but um, yeah, I was diagnosed 20 years ago. And um, after that diagnosis, I just started doing a lot of research and reading and trying to figure out, you know, I, I wanted to know how, how I got this, like what, what did this come from? And so just through reading and research, um, you know, it's fairly obvious to me that these autoimmune diseases are, a lot of them are caused by food that we eat. Um, and so I noticed that I was starting to gain a little bit of weight, which kind of was worrisome. And so I just started on this journey all the way back. I didn't start right away when the diagnosis happened. It took me, took me about four years to kind of say, okay, I need to do something different. Um, I had taken the, the master cleanse a couple of times, which is like this, uh, this sort of uh, cleansing fast that you do for over the course of 10 days uh, where you don't eat any solid food. Um, and so when I did the master cleanse for the second time, because the first time I did it, when, I was, when, the, when the cleanse was over, I went right back to eating the way I was eating. And so I had lost a bunch of weight. I went, right, I went right back to eating, you know, drinking soda and all that stuff and started putting all the weight, you know, gaining weight again. And so the second time I did it, I said, okay, when I come off of this, when I come off of it this time, I'm going to eliminate some things. And so one of the things from reading that I discovered that I needed to eliminate was any product that had man-made sugar in it. Um, the big one out here in the States is high fructose corn syrup. You know, they mm. make this fake sugar out of, out of GMO corn and they put it, they use it as a sweetener. It's a cheaper version of sugar that yeah. they use in everything. It's in sodas and I mean, you name it, it's in it, ketchup, like anything you could think of. Yeah. They, they throw it in there just to sweeten up whatever that thing is. And so, you know, Americans as a overall, as a country, we, are very uh, addicted to sugar and things that are sweet. And so I recognize that. And so that was one, one of the first things that I cut out. Um, in addition with my reading, I learned that the, the white foods, which are much more highly processed foods, so white rice, white, white flour, white sugar, um, the, all of those things were detrimental to my, my, you know, my immune system. So um, I started, I eliminated all the white foods, white bread, you name it. Started eating more brown breads, more whole grain, full grain stuff, um, brown rice. And that's how the journey began. And then, so for the next, you know, 14 years or so, I would pick something and eliminate it. Um, beef came about eight years in. Um, I eliminated beef, no more burgers, no more steaks. And then I was just on to chicken and fish. And um, I, I hadn't eaten pork for many, many years before any of this happened. So pork was never even a, an option. Um, and so I, uh, so I, that's what I started doing. Just, I started reading the ingredients to stuff too. That was, an, that was another big one, you know, kind of recognizing, you know, the keywords in these ingredients, super yeah. low, like all these man-made sugars, just, I mean, High fructose corn syrup is just one, but there's a bunch of different ones that are that are you know created in a lab, you know, by using corn or other 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 ways, and they put that stuff into 
so much food here to make it more appealing in terms of taste. And so I just learned to read the ingredients and follow my instincts. If I, you know, I started, if I got something, a package of something, some processed cookies or something, and if there was, if there was more than like 10 ingredients, I was like, I'm not eating this. This is, I can't even pronounce half of this stuff. So I'm not even, gonna, I'm not even eating this. And so that, that, that's how it, uh, that's how the journey began. Just my consciousness um, of healthy eating is what led me to, to where I am now. Yeah. It, it's funny. Um, you talk about that journey because before you, you, you joined the chat, me and me and Fatty were talking as well about, um, you know, making changes to your diet and, and things like that. And it's hard to kind of tell what is making a positive impact unless you treat it like almost a science experiment where you completely cut one thing out or you, you know, solidly add one thing and see what the, the changes are for a, a prolonged yeah. period of time. And it sounds like that's effectively what you've done over the year. It's, it's almost like a, you know, a science experiment where you've changed the variables or cut things out to, to sort of find out what worked and, and what didn't. Well, once, I'm, once I establish that something isn't good for me and, and that it's going to be harmful, long-term, it's going to be harmful to me, that's when I make the decision that I'm going to stop eating it. And so as, I, as, as, as the years went on and as I read and researched and learned about different foods, anything that, that entered that list of, oh, this is, this is horrible for you. This has, you know, canola oil. That was something that I remember when I first discovered canola oil, I was, I was under the impression that, oh, that's way better than, you know, these other oils um, that, you know, that, that we were using. And so I said, like, okay, we'll start using canola oil. And then I found out the canola oil wasn't even made for human consumption when it was initially made. It was made to, to, um, to oil machinery. It wasn't even uh, mm. food grade. Like it was. It I was never food. heard. I never knew anything about that. Yeah, it, it was. It it's was not popular though now. Like canola oil, no? people. Are a lot it is. You should. You should read up on that stuff because it's horrible for us. And uh, so I had a bunch of years where I, was, I switched to something that I thought was more healthy. And then I learned that it wasn't healthy at all. And then I eliminated that. And so um, that's, that's, the pro that's the world we live in. You know, mm. um, we have these huge corporations and their main objective is to make as much money as they can off of us. So they create all kinds of wild stuff for us to eat. Nobody regulates it. Um, they say that they do, but they don't. Mm. Um, I think these corporations have enough money where they just kind of pay off whoever whoever they need to pay off in order to get certain things passed through. Course, and then, yeah, and then, it, and then it ends up in our supermarkets and we figure, well, it's here. It must be okay. And no, it's not. We're dying, man. So I just, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I research stuff. I read up on stuff. I, I'm probably a little extreme because if I read one bad thing about something, I'm like, Oh, cutting that out. <laughs> and, and I don't even, yeah, does it does it get kind of addictive in a way, like kind of um you know I, I what I mean? mean how you might get how you might get addicted to sort of the gym or like health and like sort of physical fitness and stuff? It's not a it's it, you know, I feel like this. I feel like I have a disease that is expected over time to really greatly reduce my quality of life. Um to the point where maybe I won't be able to walk down the road, you know, down the line or see my vision might be affected, ability to use my arms and, you know, legs. And so I said, okay, if certain things that I eat are going to uh, degrade my physical 
wellness, which is going to allow the disease to take over faster and earlier, then I'm going to cut those things out. I'm not putting that in my body. And so every time I make one of those kind of knee-jerk decisions, it's, it's based on the fact that I want to still be able to, you know, I want to be a 70-year-old man and be able to walk to the store or walk in the park. Um, so that's my thinking. With, with all these decisions, that's my thinking. My long-term you know, quality of life is what I'm thinking about. And I still want the house, the boat, the truck, and the car. The limousine with the big screen and the bar. Trying to eat while she poured on like vinegar. Till I'm old and gray, control the day. I'm kind of like the light because I showed away. But, but one of the other things we want to talk to you about along those lines is that we've noticed you've been singing the praises of CMOS gel recently. How, um, how long have you sort of been into that? And, you know, when you look on your website, on the merch page, for example, you've got the, the vinyl, the CDs, the, the T-shirts and hoodies, which you'd expect on an artist page. And then you've got Iris Seamoss gel as well, which is not... Seems maybe... out of place on, on, on the website, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. How did you come across that? What was the sort of journey into finding that? Um, part, part of my, my research, trying to, find, um, trying to find things that will you know, uh, extend my quality of life. And so I, 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 I did some research on it. I found out about it probably through some post or something. I had never heard of it before. And then I started doing more research about it and found out that, you know, it contained, um, you know, I, I think our bodies are made up of 180 something minerals and CMOS con contained all, but you know, like 10 or 15 of those minerals. And it was the only thing naturally that, that, you know that 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 grew naturally that had all of those minerals in it that our body needed and so for me it was a no-brainer now it was just a matter of trying it and see what i thought about it i'd heard of i've heard of it before you know something that a lot of times um i remember when i was younger living in flatbush at, at some of the the west indian restaurants uh, that would be one of the drinks they would sell like a seamoss uh punch or some kind of milk milky looking stuff that i never would have ever drank but um <laughs> I'm a, I'm a different person now like in terms of trying stuff and experimenting with foods. And I'm not as, I'm not as fearful as I, I was a real finicky kid. I, I didn't eat anything. I didn't want to try anything. It looked, it looked weird. I wasn't interested in it. Um, and I'm not that, I'm not that person anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm very adventurous to, to, to a certain extent. I'm not eating bugs or anything like that, but <laughs> I'm adventurous. Um, and to, especially if it's something that people, you know, if, if I'm told or if I learned that, it's going to help me to, you know, to live a healthier life. I'm going to try it, see if I like it. And so mm -hmm. it was one of those things that I tried. I, I, I at first I, um, I, I bought it. I made it for myself. I put it into my smoothies, and there wasn't really any change in the taste of what I was already drinking. So I was like, okay, this is good for me, and it doesn't affect the taste of what I'm eating. I'm going to just so I started making it and using it. Um, but then this year on the quarantine, I was still making it. But then I said, you know what? Like maybe other people might be interested in this. A couple of my friends asked about it, asked me to make them some. And I said, well, maybe I'll just put it, on, put it for sale. Maybe other people will be interested. So I, to my surprise, since I put it online, which I think was about three months ago, I've sold a bunch of that. I've sold a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Irish Seamoss gel. Um, I make it right here. People put the order in. I make it right here in my kitchen. I make it on the spot. Nice. Uh, mail it out, you know, the next day or two. 
and they they get it at at their doorstep. I mail it out myself. Awesome. What's like the process of making it? Like from is it? Do you get it as like the raw kind of? It's it's like a seaweed, isn't it? In its in its natural. Yeah. So yeah. How, how what's like the it's process sea- from it going from there to to kind of how you would use it in a smoothie or a, or a, like whatever you're using? Well, it you have to wash it first. You have to, you know, I soak it overnight, you know, I soak it overnight and then, um, and I, you have to clean it really, really thoroughly. So the pro the, the soaking process is just two or three soaks. Um, I soak it overnight and then the next day I'm, I'm with my fingers. Like you have to like literally take it with your fingers and run it under, put it under running water. Cause it's covered in sand when you get it yeah. covered in sand. So you have to just kind of like keep moving it around and get all of the sand off. And after you think all the sand is off, I soak it again. But this time I soak it with water and lime juice. I take mm. half a fresh lime, squeeze that in there. And then I just let it kind of sit in that lime juice for another, sometimes for 24 hours, sometimes for eight hours, whatever time period. And then I rinse it a second time. After that, I just take the sea moss after it's been soaked and rinsed thoroughly you know, two, three times, I put it right into my Blendtec blender along with uh, natural spring water. Um, and I blend it until it's uh, a smooth gel. Simple as that. Sick. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember um, it's interesting you saying that you managed to convince some of your, your friends to to try that, man. Because I remember you saying when we, when we did the interview in uh, 2018 about some of the some of your peers still living the kind of sort of hip-hop lifestyle drinking henny and smoking blunts whatnot man so um yeah i just kind of wondered if you had much success in sort of getting your peers to sort of change their habits as well very few (laughs) very few it's an addiction man like we talk about food you know because it's in our minds it's just part of life. Like you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to eat water, you know, drink water, you have to eat. And food just is part of the the routine of living life. And so over the course of your life, if you're in your forties, you know, you're legitimately addicted to certain foods. Um, when, and when I say addicted, I mean, if you were told you can't have that anymore, or don't eat that anymore because of this. Most people would really, really have a strong reaction against mm. that advice. Why, why I gotta stop eating that? I'm not. I'm not stopping that. I don't care. Um, I've seen people get like, like literally angry and like almost to the point of, you know, seeming like they're gonna fight when, when told, yo, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't eat that. You know, people will really fly off the handle on you about food, and it almost is like telling a drug addict you know you got to go to rehab you can't have it anymore if you've seen a you've seen a a drug addict who's you know at a facility and can't leave and can't get their drug they're very miserable they're very angry um volatile and we react almost very similar ways uh to food um when we can't when we can't get certain things so there's an addiction to to the food to the taste of the food and um and most people are so addicted that eating something that might be better for them tastes so foreign and so horrible to them because their taste buds are used to mm. this addi- this addiction. Yeah, of course, man. That's yeah, that's a 
It's an incredible analogy there. I was just like, I never realized that before. And also just when you're asking people to kind of break a habit or take away something that they feel is like a right of theirs, I guess. They don't want to fight That kind of takes us back to what we normally ask about, about some of your experiences of food growing up. Um, and I remember when we spoke before that you mentioned that your, your grandma was doing a lot of the cooking um back in the day and screaming at the tv while she was cooking and, and things like that are, yeah. th- are there any any memorable dishes from your, your childhood or any that you miss perhaps that you that you can't eat or, or don't want to eat anymore you know it's crazy i don't think <laughs> there's one dish that i ate as a child that i still eat yeah. oh, wow. i'm trying to think i'm really trying to think like because everything had, had potato salad had eggs in it mm. the um the greens had pork in it um man yeah not even any sides <laughs> no nah, i'm serious seriously like there's almost nothing that i ate as a kid that i would eat now um i enjoyed that food i enjoyed my grandmother's cooking when i was when i was younger that stuff was great you know um but can't eat that stuff anymore i'm my, none of it adheres to the diet that i'm on now or the way of eating that I, that I am on now. Um, but that's the, uh, that's the, the, the pathology of unhealthy eating in the black community here in the U S um, it's passed down through generations. And because people don't know any better, it's, it's just passed down as tradition that these are the meal. This is soul food. This is the stuff that we eat as a people. And then when you analyze the fact that that food that we're talking about, that soul food, much of it leads uh, my people to have uh, or to develop diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, heart disease. Um, it's, pretty, it's a pretty solid list of killer, killer diseases that um, are adopted by my people in general. And it's actually pretty startling when I look at, at, at the friends that I've grown up around me, um, whether from high, high school age or even earlier, but, but some, some friends from later in life that I met. Um, and almost everybody has either diabetes or high blood, blood pressure or both. Almost everybody. And so... That tells me very clearly, because we were all eating the same types of foods growing up, that it's the food. Mm. Some people want to tell you that, oh, high blood pressure is hereditary. So if your grandparents have it, your parents have it, you're going to get it. That's not hereditary at all. What's hereditary is the food, the diet, the food that you're eating. Um, that's what's passed on. Not, 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 you know, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Genetically, you might be more um, susceptible to developing it, but if you're not eating those foods, you're not going to develop it. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting to hear the kind of soul food or home cooked food, those kind of tags uh, that 
that kind of cuisine is given, you know, is synonymous for us with, oh, it's nutritious, it's filling, it's, you know, in, you oh, it's know, definitely in general, filling. good for, good for you. <laughs> but actually, it's, it's not always, is it? It's not always the case. Nah, I mean, if you, if you, let's talk about the main, let's talk about the, the main staples of soul food cooking. We're talking about, you know, fried chicken, mm. uh, ribs, pork ribs, uh, collard greens, but typically collard greens cooked with either, either pork or m- more recently, um, some, some restaurants put, put smoked turkey wings in it instead of the pork because a lot of, a lot of black people here stop eating pork. Um, so smoked turkey wings. But if you're, if you're on a plant-based, you know, lifestyle, if, that, if, that's, if that's your lifestyle, then almost none of those foods can be eaten. Uh, um, yams also, uh, yams is another, is another dish. Um, f- filled with sugar, filled with white, and not just sugar, but white sugar, and specifically. Um, I'm trying to think of the other staples. Oh, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> loaded, loaded to the gills with dairy. Yeah. Um, and, and made with white pasta. So, you know, all the stuff that I just named, all of it is uh, foods that are going to, over time, cause you to develop these diseases that we just spoke about. Yeah. And, and like you say, it's kind of wrapped up in the, in the friendly motive of it being soul food or home food or, you know. Yeah. Food it's comfort food for it. sure. Yeah. yeah. It's comfort food. It makes you feel good. You, you, when you're done, you want to go to sleep. Um, you know, you, you, you feel like, you know, you feel, you feel at home, but that's the, but that's because we were raised on this food that isn't good for us. That's killing us. You know, um, I remember there was a lyric that Fonte said, um, on a little, a recent little brother album. Um, I think, I think the song was called, um, something, these jeans, something about jeans. Um, and he was, he, it was kind of like, a. um, you, 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 would, you thought he was talking about jeans that you wear, but he was talking about jeans spelled with a G oh. and, um, I just remember in, there was a part of the song where he talked about, um, there was a funeral for a family member and the family member died. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't, I don't remember the lyrics, but the, 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 there was a funeral for a family member who died of a disease uh, that was caused by unhealthy eating. And after the funeral, everybody who attended went to someone's house. We call it a repast. They went to the repast and, and everybody ate the same foods that that person just died from. They were eating that at the repast for, for the funeral. And that's the, that's the pathology and the crazy cycle of destruction that that my, my people are on. Seven days in a week, eat a steak, every plate is a feast. Watch your weight, no mistakes in the least, or else you too will dig a grave with your teeth. I wish that I could fit in these expensive jeans, a waistline that'll rip the seams, and pharmaceuticals that sit between your heart medicine, cough medicine, blood thinners, and antihistamines. We got an oceanfront view, but that's crazy. So- I remember one thing that you said that stuck with me, which I'm grateful to hear, and it keeps popping up in my head over the last couple of years is that you, the one, the, I think this is maybe word from word, is that you just said that they're coming up with new ways to kill us. 
with the food and and like we spoke about earlier and like we put that in the book and that's just kind of it, it it sums it up so much doesn't it and and you know when you look at it there on a more cultural aspect it's 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 easy to not notice how ingrained it is in in society and obviously we're talking about black culture in america but i'm sure there's parallel examples across the world as well across the whole united states the middle of mm. america they're very very unhealthy and they suffer from the same diseases um black or white and there's a there's a there's a fast food restaurant here i'm trying to think of which fast food restaurant it was and this kind of like connects to what what you the quote that you just said to try, trying to find new ways to kill us i can't think of i have to ask my daughter but they have a burger they have a burger here in the u.s at a fast food restaurant and instead of buns instead of the traditional hamburger buns instead of buns it's glazed donuts <laughs> what? so they cut a glazed donut in half and made that the bun and then put the burger and all of this shit that goes on the burger inside of the glazed donut and people are buying that and eating that are you kidding me that's insane that's insane yeah. that's a heart attack in one meal right there <laughs> yeah I can feel my life expectancy getting short just thinking about it on the plate. That's insane. Who's choosing that though? I can't, that doesn't sound appetizing. I can't imagine it looks appetizing. People are buying, are you kidding me? That thing's yeah. sounding like crazy. Yeah. It's insane. I bet, I bet it is. But it's almost like a challenge though, isn't it? I think it's almost, like you say, it's almost like a challenge for them to make a more absurd and unhealthy thing. But it's also some people see that as a challenge to eat it like you know when you see hot dog eating contests or eat this massive meal and you get a, a free meal next time it's the same kind of almost catering to the ego of people it's 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 sick though uh it's yeah. sick because the companies the food companies that are making this stuff and creating this stuff they know all well that they're making people sick and they're killing people mm. and um it wouldn't surprise me if the executives at the tops of these com at these of these corporations that make this food it wouldn't surprise me if those same executives own stock in the pharmaceutical companies yeah 100%. i'm sure there's a connection 100%. i'm sure if you did the research you would find out that the same guys who are pumping this horrible food out to the public also is making tons of money in in the pharmaceutical industry course yeah we've spoken about this it's, it's like you'd be printing your own money effectively because you're you're selling the illness and the quote-unquote cure at the same time aren't you it's just a it's cyclical yeah. that's incredible don't, and, and don't 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 say cure because it's definitely not a cure well, yeah it's that's what i mean in, in quotation yeah. marks cure you know what i mean <laughs> or treatment yeah yeah the uk's going a little bit behind the, the the states but you know still going that way i think like with the kind of the importance people put on like food and eating, like how much you can eat and like how, I mean, Instagram and these kind of things have kind of, I suppose, amplified it a lot. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not far behind, I think, unfortunately. Now you guys are right with us. You guys have maybe not quite as many obese people, but y'all like, y'all right behind us. Yeah, we're getting there. Cause and that, especially that, with that, the, that, the, that sorry, English God. breakfast. No, that, that was going to say, <laughs> The English breakfast with the fried egg and the and the, and the pork uh, slab of pork. That's, every time I'm in the UK, I'm like, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Because I can't eat anything here. So it's usually fruit, tea, maybe a little 
little crumpet or something. Um, I have to keep it super light for breakfast when I'm in the UK. Yeah, yeah, man. We wanted to ask you about because um, obviously that was the last time um, I think we saw you. I remember we just saw Marco then. Actually, I can't remember. It was quite hectic after the show in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we wanted to ask you how you got out, how you got on out in uh, out in Europe in terms of uh, eating and whether you enjoyed the food out out here, man. It's a challenge now. When I, when I was eating fish and chicken, I ate great. I, I could mm-hmm. find meals without much of a struggle. Um, but now that I'm plant-based, and, and this past um, January was my first time. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't go to the UK. But this past January was my first time in Europe as a, with this new way of eating. So um, I had ramen soup a couple of times where I was able to. Mm. Um, the, the, veg, the, vegeta- the vegetable one, vegetable ramen. Um, had that um salads obviously um a lot of times if they if they had some kind of rice um and vegetables i would just i i basically had to create my own meals at at restaurants (laughs) you know give me this this and this and i'm cool um and it's a challenge you know but it's not the end of the world like it's going to get figured out i'm going to eat something um i don't i don't view i don't view i don't view food the way i used to it's not it's not this important social um experience anymore for me a meal is purely fuel it's it's fuel that i'm putting in my body so that i can get to the next part of my day with energy and with strength um and so i'm not saying that it doesn't have to taste good i would prefer it tastes good um, but at the end of it all, it's just about making sure that I got some fuel in me yeah. so that I can function and do the show and, and be good for the next day. And I, and I bring my own stuff. I bring my own stuff with me. I think I might've talked to you guys about that last time. I carry with me, uh, uh, dried oats, uh, with me on the road. And whenever there's a, whenever there's a, um, a, a lack, a lacks, a lack of meal or, or I wasn't able to find a meal. I just go back to my room and I get some boiling water and I create my own meal with my dried oats. I bring a bunch of sides, cranberries, mm-hmm. raisins, almond butter, and I make a nice big bowl of hot, hot bowl of oatmeal. I put some vegan protein in it yeah, nice. and I can, I can eat that right before the show and I have super energy yeah. uh, to, to, to perform. And if, if I want to, I eat another bowl when I get back from the room to the room. <laughs> the emergency box, the emergency stash. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you, Ace, about um, whether Marco Polo got to got to uh, give you any samples of any good Italian dishes while you were out there. We, we were in Italy for like six shows in Italy, five or six shows. Yeah. And a lot of the, it, it reached a point with me where I was like, yo, I cannot eat pasta another night. Like, <laughs> Because that was really the only thing I could could eat would be pasta. I would just tell them, yo, give me pasta with vegetables and whatever sauce. Like, it had to be tomato sauce because the cream sauce had dairy in it. So it was always pasta, chopped up vegetables, you know, mushrooms, zucchini, whatever, and red sauce. And it get, you know, after a while, I was like, damn, I got to find something else. Like, this is crazy. Mark was over to eating 
all kind of wild stuff right across the <laughs> table from me. And um, more power to him, you know. Marco doesn't he doesn't discriminate when it comes to food. He eats it all. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what we we got the picture, man. I think when we when we interviewed him, man, with his uh, militant views on <laughs> on, <laughs> on uh, Italian Italian and uh, New York. He goes Italian hard for food, he goes hard for Italian food. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Were there any, um, obviously you mentioned it's a bit of a struggle to find food on tour or, or, or good food that you can eat on tour. Is there any been kind of memorable dishes where you've, you've found that and it's been, you know, like a beacon of light and it's been the one, any, any kind of experiences that stick out whilst out on the road? Yeah, I found a, I found a restaurant in Connecticut cause I had a show, uh, with Big Daddy Kane in Connecticut and the promoters actually it was actually, I had a show. That wasn't with Kane. This, I, I went back for the cap. I had, I had a show for my own in Connecticut. And I told the promoter, like, yo, I don't eat meat. So, you know, where can I go? And I still was, eat, I was still eating fish at this time, but I was just trying to find a vegetarian meal. Mm-hmm. And so he took me to this, um, mid, this, um, this Middle Eastern restaurant where they, where they make what, what they, when they, where they make what is, in my opinion, the best falafel. Mm. I've ever had in my life and I falafel is one of my go-to meals in Europe because there's all those places they stay open late um a lot of them the shawarma spots the kebab spots mm. so they stay open late and although I don't like to eat late like that um but before the show if, if there's no restaurant you know worth going to I can I know, always know I can get some falafel with uh some rice or some couscous I prefer couscous falafel couscous vegetables uh, hummus and that's 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 great fuel for me i fill, fill myself right up so a, a lot of times on the road when there's a question mark you know we're not going to get to a proper sit down joint and having a proper meal i'll just i'll find one of the um kebab spots and i'll just get me a falafel plate and that'll get me through yeah sick well, you think of kebab spots as like the, the you don't really ever think of them as having a healthy option. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the falafel yeah, is the one. Meat like, normally. Yeah, yeah, they, and not not the best meat as well. If you're a meat eater, it's not the most, you know. Nah, that that tube of meat that that rolls around <laughs> on that machine. That stuff. Have you ever seen that stuff before it's cooked? Yeah, yeah, man, I've seen. I've seen not the, appetizing the, about that. The day I saw that, I never ate another. I never ate that meat again after I saw it. The, the, when they put it on raw before they started turning it turned it on and started cooking i was like i'm never eating this again yeah never. and i think i think like one of them's like rotate where well, i don't know what the technical terms it but it's dirt cheap i read somewhere like i don't know what the american alternative would be but i read that it's something like stupid like 30p it costs them for the whole thing just because it's like the the worst meat basically so you think it's like the, the scraps yeah it's yeah it's, yeah it's all the scraps of the animal that they they put it in a, in a machine and grind it up crazy <laughs> and then they pack it together into this shape <laughs> and then that's what we, yo we we eat some crazy stuff in this world <laughs> and you know i just don't want to be on that train anymore no definitely yeah, not for sure definitely not no man it's been great man it's been great chatting to you Ace. thank you so much for coming on uh the podcast um Absolutely. some great insights great insights man i think everyone's going to appreciate this one so thank you thank you again man yeah definitely thanks really man you guys just so you know you guys have inspired me to potentially uh do a cookbook myself my, my wife yeah for sure my, man. my wife and i my wife and i we're talking about it 
Um, we have a photographer friend who's, she's like, oh, I'll take the pictures for it. Um, so I told my wife, yo, get your best, get your best 10 recipes. I'm gonna get my best 10 and we'll see if we can, you know, my, mine will be all vegan. Hers will yeah. be more traditional. Um, and it'll kind of be the best of both, both worlds. Cause she'll still try to keep it, you know, healthy or health conscious at least. Mm. Um, so, you, you know, you get the, you get the best of both worlds. Um, I don't think there's, I think there's always, you either get a vegan cookbook or a traditional cookbook, but I don't know if there's many that every other, every other, you know, dish is one traditional, one vegan, one traditional, one vegan. So yeah, that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to try to do. Yeah. That'd be heavy. And that'd be good for like the, the modern family, generally, especially when there's some people that are maybe vegan or vegetarian, others that aren't, or, you know, it's right. hard to find something to cater to everyone, but that'd be amazing. Yeah, man. Look forward yeah, to that. Good Keep luck us up with that, with that man. Be, yeah, that'll good be, luck. Be good. Sick. Yeah, let us know when it's coming out. Save us some coffee, man. Oh, I definitely will. Yeah, what an incredible episode that was from Master Ace. Really enjoyed talking to him again. Thanks so much for coming through and blessing us on the Big Rap Cookbook podcast. Absolute legendary status up here. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in for listening hope you're enjoying it um, let us know your thoughts on all the platforms Big Rap Cookbook is the one stay tuned for the next episode keep it locked